it's fucking hard because again, I've existed in, you know, 30 plus years with very one particular way of thinking. And so like the unlearning of that takes some time, but it's also like been liberating when I do find myself making strides in that way. Because again, it's going back to what I said early, it's like, it's releasing this concept that sex means the most important thing. Yeah. And our relationship continues to remind me that it doesn't have to be. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. Your place for real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, your resident queerdo, nonconformist, and trauma-informed coach for folks who are tired of the fucking shoulds and are craving something more. Stick around for all things relationship anarchy, coming out later in life, moving through the mess, and beyond. You ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to today's episode. Queerdos, babies, loves. Oh, (laughs) I'm feeling so much about this episode, um, and it's... (laughs) I'm like at a loss for words really honestly about it um you know when shit just means so much to you and it feels like all of the work that you've done and the unlearning and the um the coming home to yourself and all of the shit right that you've been through like it 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 you finally see like the proof of how all of that stuff, the muck, the mess, the, you know, whatever, you finally see not just like moments of magic, but like proof of continued epic magic that resonates in every cell of you. Um, so much of my personal experience of um, the last year post my you know leaving my marriage have been these like final and final is such a massive word I'm sure there will be a million more of these in my life because we are constantly changing and evolving but like what feels at least in this moment like these final pieces of the puzzle that I was just never going to be able to facilitate because of what I was facing in my marriage um and how much that relationship um took up in my life and also at the end took away from my life. Um, And (laughs) while terrifying, um, cultivating new relationships in the last year um, and and complicated in its own right because of how now I exist in in relationships um, thanks to my my trauma, (laughs) there has been so much fucking joy and beauty in not just cultivating new relationships in my life with, with people that weren't in my life before, but also uh, my my long-term, deep, existing relationships and how those have deepened. Um, and um, But there was always like uh, what felt like a sort of this missing piece in my life. Um, and that was like a deep... <laughs> meaningful, consistent, and committed local partnership 
relationship, whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, that really allowed my fullest self and my queer self to be emboldened. And um, this, this person, this relationship that you are about to hear about and the, this incredible human that you're about to meet, Kels, um, has been such a life changer for me. Oh, I did not cry on the episode with them, but uh, here we are um, getting really emotional because um, I knew and believed and dreamed that a relationship could exist like this um, and um, and to, to now have it be and to exist, especially given the things that we've faced um, to kind of get to where we are, which we talk about in the episode, um, it just feels really meaningful. And to get to share them with you and, and this relationship with you all also feels really meaningful because it, that is not something I take for granted and totally understand how a lot of people in my life do not desire to do something like come on the podcast or even, you know, be tagged or mentioned in any significant way on my, my public, um, very, what can sometimes feel like wildly public facing, um, social media, um, because it it puts them in a spotlight in the way that, you know, they might not desire or have never asked for. Right. And so, um, all of my relationships mean so, so, so much to me, but a lot of the time you don't get to see those relationships. And so this feels just incredibly special and also feels incredibly important uh, because I wish that I had seen representation of queer platonic intimacy like this. Like I wish that I had had, and I'm sure that there is some of it around, but really like it's not as centered um, from my experience in the conversation. Just platonic intimacy, generally speaking, is not as centered in the conversation as valuable or important or valid, right? And um, and in my experience thus far in life, uh, platonic intimacy have been the relationships that have been the most steadfast and meaningful and deep um and I'm just so incredibly incredibly honored and excited to share you know um an hour's worth of snippet of of this relationship and how it came to be and um all of the things we've navigated in sort of finding our path in this incredibly uh uh um romantically and sexually centered relationship world um and uh how what we are is so much more than a friendship um and yeah uh so yeah we're gonna get into that in today's episode um before we do i just want to quickly remind you all 
that the fucking queer merch line that I have, um, you can still get 15% off for a mug or a sticker or a cropped hoodie, a t-shirt. Um, I know some of you were like, oh, I really want a t-shirt, but I don't want it. Like I want to crop it. Like I always just do that (laughs) with my t-shirts too. Um, so yeah, you can snag, um, it for 15% off. That's my gift from me to you. And just use the code queerdo, Q-U-E-E-R-D-O, all capitals. Um, and yeah, and all of the proceeds from now until the end of Pride Month, so June 2023, are going to the Brave Space Alliance, as I've mentioned in previous episodes and also on all of my socials. Um, they are a Black-led, trans-led organization in the south side of Chicago, and they do really incredible community work. You all voted um, and chose that particular organization, and I'm very excited. They're one of my absolute favorites, um, and I'm really just stoked to be able to, in whatever small way I can, um, being <laughs> an artist and a a, uh, a freelancer and maker um, to be able to give back um, to to the Chicago community, um, the trans community, especially given everything, the queer community, and also uh, all other communities that I am not a part of. Um, so yeah, um, I just feel very very stoked about that. So a reminder: you can go to the show notes. Um, or you can go to amandacatherineloy.com slash merch and um, all the proceeds by the end of that will go there. So yeah, um, let's just get into it because I know you're all here for this conversation more than anything um, and I know I am too. So uh, without further ado, here we go. <laughs> Lovely, awesome. And that is how and we begin the podcast. Yes. <laughs> I like... <clears throat> I feel very a lot of feelings about this. Okay. Yeah. Are you recording? Oh, you're recording. <laughs> yeah. What I are just, your feelings? I just pressed recording while we were laughing because that felt right. What are your feelings? I just like. Okay. It feels very special to have you to be doing this with you, for a lot of reasons. Like one, I don't usually have like people on my podcast that are like my inner circle people it's happened a couple times in the fucking five has it been five it's been five years five four and a half years of having this podcast the last five years the last five years we should now break out into it a musical duet although i recently learned i will be waiting for you okay so i recently learned fun fact for musical theater nerds who are also listening that um Many people have attempted to get the rights to produce a queer um, last five years, which I have asked to do with some of my friends before, like super fun to have like Jamie be played by a woman or a non-binary person. And he has refused. Yep. You knew this too? I did know that. Yeah. Oh my God. I was like, this is a recent discovery for me. And I'm, I mean, should not be surprised, but also like, what the fuck? Um, have a lot of feelings about that, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're not talking about Jason Robert Brown. No, we're talking about <laughs> queer love, which I guess is a nice, beautiful, like, kind of in on that. I just, yeah, I'm well, having yeah, a lot of feels. feels. Yeah. Were there other feels you were having? Yeah. I mean, that one is the big thing, is, like, having you here. But also, like, I don't know. I was in thinking about the fact that we were going to be recording this episode. I found myself, like, feeling nervous and also like kind of teary-eyed in, in, in ways of gratitude. I can't even like look at you while I'm saying this, um, which is so funny because that means I'm being extra vulnerable. 
know what you know. <laughs> I'll just hide my face. <laughs> no, I just like, I always dreamt when I, once I like came out and like knew that. You're gay? Yes. And knew that that was <laughs> a thing. I always like dreamt of what a love that didn't exist inside of the like heteronormative structures could look like and obviously didn't being bi queer pan what the fuck ever like it didn't really matter who that person was as much as what the love felt like but I never really knew that it could exist in the way it does for us in a platonic way and like with, with the depth of the like love that we have and the connection that exists and the partnership that is here and I just feel like vulnerable talking about it one because I feel like a lot of people both who have like listened to the podcast or like are you know a like live your fuck yes lifer a a queerdo bb whatever like ask a lot of questions about our relationship in my dms and even people in my life who are like really close have been like so fascinated in watching our relationship evolve and I just think it's like we've had to sort of be like we're making language up and it feels really vulnerable to then now be like here we are (laughs) you know what I mean no I totally do yeah I mean I was literally talking in therapy today about how like this is literally the most intimate relationship I have ever had and it's insane that it doesn't involve sex yeah (laughs) and so yeah it's very vulnerable to talk about absolutely I understand are you feeling the feels? I mean, I'm feeling them now that you shared your feels with me. You were not feeling them before. I was feeling excited. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was also Wait, sort tell of me like. more about what you're feeling excited about. I, I was just saying, feel it because I fucking love talking about us. I love talking about what we are. And because it also just like continues to help me understand who we are the more we talk it out. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know, like, I'm like, yeah, okay. It further defines it. I think that's true of, like, every relationship. It's just, like, when it goes against the, like, status quo of what we've been programmed to believe is, quote-unquote, normal or, like, the normal trajectory of what a relationship can look like in order to be substantial, in order to be worthwhile, in order to be a partnership. Like, I think it can be really tricky to then be like well we're kind of making it up it's like very relationship anarchist we're making it up as we go based on like what works for us um and I actually think ironically people who are and this has been my experience but people who are like not in dynamics like that or they're in the more traditional like they don't talk about it Mm. and so that's why I feel like so many like folks end up getting divorced you would know nothing about that. I would know that. nothing about that. Um, and, you know, I, I will say, like, in, you know, in defense of my marriage, like, we had a lot of conversations about those things. But, like, I just think that, like, it's, I don't know, it's weird. It's weird to, like, co- contemplate and think about um, for a lot of people. And I think it's, like, work that most people aren't willing to do. Hmm. Well, I like you know? doing that work with you. Yeah. Okay, so, like, queer platonic partnership. How did we get here? I feel like... The tender gods. <laughs> That's how we got here, if we're being honest. No, of course. Yeah. So <laughs> tell, I kind of want to hear you like t- say, like summarize our story. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Tell our story. Do you want me to introduce myself? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I just assume that everyone knows you because I know you. <laughs> and because also I've like 
I've hard launched us on my public hard launch. It had it was. It was indeed a there hard was, launch. It was not a soft launch. There was nothing soft about it. Was it was an erect launch. It was a very sturdy <laughs> launch. <laughs> um yes. Hi everyone listening. My name is Kelsey. I am Amanda's queer platonic partner. And um, I'm a local Chicago director and um, queer human. And um, (laughs) always and forever. Um, Yeah. Oh my gosh. Where to begin? So I guess our story began truly on Tinder. We met on Tinder back in May of 2022 and hit it off. I mean, we hit it off immediately, um, started messaging each other. And. and then you were amidst some traveling, and so it took us a bit, I think about a month, I think, before we actually met in person, Yeah. but really learned a lot about each other via messaging through the app, eventually exchanged numbers, we're texting a lot. Um, I don't know if we ever talked on the phone before we met. We I don't think we did. No. Nor do I think we even sent like voice memos or anything. I feel like it was just a lot of texting. And a lot of sending music. Yeah, we shared a lot of music, totally. I'm yes. a big... Music is a big love language of mine. One of my favorite things that Kels did very early on in our relationship was, like, before we had ever met in person, I was, like, getting on a very long flight to go visit. I made you a playlist. Yeah, you made me a dope fucking playlist. Um, And I was like, this is the nicest thing. And I was drinking my chocolate milk in the airport waiting for my flight, which ended up, like, I had to, like, stand waiting for, like, an hour before I could even get on the plane, and I just listened to the whole playlist. I remember you sent me a photo when you were Of my chocolate milk? No, of you. (laughs) Like, I remember you sent me a photo of yourself in the airport. Yeah. Um, So clearly we were sending some pictures to each other, but we had never sent it, we had never, like, talked on the phone or FaceTimed or anything like that. I also love that I'm asking you to recount when, like, you're the one with memory problems. (laughs) But, like, I'm getting, I'm doing it okay. You're doing such a good job, I'm so proud of you. Yes, I do have memory problems for those listening um due to some health issues but you know we're making it work um and Amanda just did (laughs) this is my this is my we have this is my for the audience's listening um (laughs) voice (laughs) um but uh yes Amanda likes to make fun of me for my memory problems (laughs) I do not um no it's something we can both laugh about um but uh, yeah, and so then we met in June of 2022 um, and went on a date that was super great. Yeah. Um, and and again, just like I think we both left that feeling like, holy fucking shit. I just met a I'm person. I just met a person yeah. who's like, I think going to be really significant to me. Totally. And like, I think at the time we both thought slash hoped it would be Look a certain way. A certain way in yeah. terms of like a sexual relationship. And um, and it certainly began as such, um, but very quickly turned into something different. Um, and I mean, I don't know if how detailed we want to go into the details of that. But, uh, but essentially, we transitioned into a non-sexual relationship. And, uh, and I've, but then at that time, though, it was sort of a... Well, I feel like actually it is important to give I some more information about agree. it. I was going to be like, well, <clears throat> yeah. you're telling the story. Totally. But... <laughs> so basically what happened was um, uh, we had met and we had spent some time together. You know, we'd gone on a few dates. Um, and then Amanda was going out of town for a couple weeks. A couple weeks. Yeah. And had sort of expressed, you know, hey, I'm going out of town. I'm going to be kind of, you know, not as available as I had been. 
And um, admittedly, I kind of got a vibe that like something was up. And I was sort of like, okay, like I look forward to hearing from you again. Like I'm hoping that nothing is going to sort of turn sour in this. And then eventually um, uh, we finally, you know, scheduled a time to like FaceTime with each other. And Amanda expressed that she realized that she was not sexually attracted to me. Which, you know, was super awesome for me to hear. Yeah. Love that. Um, but uh, but it was also, like, I really appreciated and respected how clear and direct you were and that you weren't, you know, trying to string me along or, like, you know, not communicate that. Because then what, it, what you followed it up with very quickly was, I am not sexually attracted to you, however... I have no interest in anything changing between us with the exception of removing sex from our equation. Yeah. And I was sort of like, okay. And also what does that mean? Yeah. Because I had been, had, had, I personally had experienced a couple of those events previous to Amanda, which was like, you know, you go on a date or two with somebody who's like, "Mm, I don't know, let's just be friends. Totally. And I was sort of like, oh, is this another one of those, quote, let's just be friends when really what we mean is this isn't really a vibe, so we can just say goodbye. But it felt really different with you. And, um, And I also felt sort of in my whole body, like if I don't say yes to trying to see what this might be, I will regret it immensely. And so I was like, no, I, I want to see what this is. And although I will mourn the loss of this one thing, I, I'm interested to see where this goes. Yeah. And that then led me down a sort of exploration path of understanding that like what I had always thought in terms of a, a relationships as like you're either friends with somebody or you're sexual partners with somebody – through my own sort of reading and research and expansion of self, I realized, oh, it's actually a spectrum. And we were sort of, absolutely. And so I was like, oh, because of that, I don't really know what we are, but I know that we're not having sex, but also calling you a friend feels really weird because you feel like so much more than that to me already. And at this point, we've only known each other for a couple of months. Yeah. It was interesting too, like in my realization of that it was so complicated for me to even get to the bottom line of something because as you all know listening if you've been around these parts for long enough like I identify as demisexual which means that like I need to feel safe and that there's like emotional depth and trust in a relationship in order to want to engage in sex with somebody And so, like, that was there, right? Like, the trust and the emotional safety, even though, like, your girl has trust issues now and, like, that's a whole thing just because of trauma. But, like, that was there. I was like, no, like, this is a person that I feel emotional depth with. We had gotten to know each other for so long. And what was confusing for me was, like, all of the other attraction factors, right? The, like, you know, because I think there's, like, what, seven spheres of attraction, Um, like I think a lot of different data points might point to like certain different ones, but the ones that I'm familiar with are sexual. Let me see if I can count this right. Sexual, obviously sensual, romantic, platonic, aesthetic, skill based. Mm -hmm. And I'm missing one emotional. Thank you. Emotional. Right. And so I was like, I feel romantic 
like attraction to you, which is honestly how I feel towards every single one of the people that are in my life that I'm really, really close to. I like didn't understand people who did not have romantic friendships. <laughs> like I was like, that's just what exists. So like that was true. Obviously like the platonic attraction, the aesthetic attraction. I was like, yes, this is some mask energy. Like I just like loved your like stature and stance in the world, your goofiness, like all of those pieces. I was like fully so attracted to you emotionally. We were able to go deep super quick and I like had shared, we shared really vulnerable experiences like early on. I was like, that's there. Um, Skill-based, I was like stoked that you were in the theater space and we were able to talk about that. And obviously having since seen your work, I'm just like, that's there. You know, it was like, it was all present. And the sensual piece too was present. It's like, I wanted to cuddle with you. I wanted to hold your hand. Like I wanted to be close to you in a way that some people might consider like not something you do with a friend, Mm -hmm. even though I have different feelings on that. Well, and I certainly don't have a lot of that with most of my friendships. I mean, I come from, uh, although being very queer and I'm certainly in a chapter of my life where I'm queering a lot of my relationships, yeah. I very much came from a heteronormative existence, even as a queer person in terms of how I exist with the friends in my life. What does it mean to you to queer a relationship? Well, Hold finish on. what you were saying yeah. and I'll, we can circle back <laughs> to that. I love how yeah. you just also <laughs> helped me to yeah, that. Yeah. I, love, I love you so much. Yeah. And so I was just like, why is this piece not present? Right. And like, um, it was really complicated for me. And like you said, like you felt like a shift in me right before I left. And like, that was when I think my body was starting to like pull away before my brain knew and could catch up to what was happening. Cause that's usually what happens in my body and in, in my experience, it's like my body will have a response and it will be telling me something very loudly but I am not sure what that thing is until I've like sat with it and processed for anywhere from like a couple days to a week is usually like at this point in my life, kind of how that works. And so I like, once I knew I really wanted to have the conversation with you, but I was also like in person, but I was also gone for another week and it felt really disingenuous and not aligned with our relationship dynamic that had already existed or in my own values to like not have that conversation with you immediately once I had, you know, once I knew that for sure. Um, Well, and I'm certainly, as you've gotten to know me better, a person who spirals really easily and has a lot of abandonment issues and things that I've, you know, been working to, you know, unlearn and unpack over time. And, and so I was also in a state of like, something is going on and she's not communicating it. And I, but I also don't want to press her on this and also, like, this just doesn't feel like the same person that I met, you know, a couple months ago. And so I'm sort of like, I hope that we can talk because something is clearly happening. And, yeah. you know, I'm going to spiral about it if we don't. Yeah. And I, like, <clears throat> walked into that conversation fully expecting you to leave. I walked into it thinking you were going to be like, I'm not interested in this in any way, shape or form. And I was going to, that was going to be super devastating. I mean, and it was devastating to me for you to be like, I don't want to have sex anymore. Um, Because it, it, you know, it just, that sucks. That totally sucks. Um, But something that I continue to try to learn and, or I should say unlearn is that, you know, there is value in relationships that don't have sex and that, I don't need to treat my sexual relationships on a hierarchy 
in terms of like I can have really deep meaningful relationships in my life which I always have I have very deep relationships in terms of friendships with people but ours doesn't feel like a friendship and I think that's why I was sort of like this is so different and I don't understand Mm -hmm. how it can feel this way and us not be having sex and and do I still have those questions sometimes totally but it's also the like I know that a lot of that is this unlearning of you can value the intimacy of what you have and not feel like you are without this other thing. Yeah. It's an and on an or. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think like I've witnessed how hard that has been for you to like sift through and navigate. And I think that has been like a complicated experience for me to also watch you sift through and navigate because like as much as I've also had to do unlearning in terms of like the toxic monogamous culture or like you know just the foundational things that so many relationships are rooted in when it comes to systems like I naturally exist in this space in terms of like not seeing a hierarchy in my relationships and just like yeah it's just like how I move through the world and like somehow can like it's hard and there's stuff to process but like de-escalating my relationships or adjusting relationships certainly hasn't always been like perfect in my in my experience of them but like I feel like it's a lot I want to say I don't want to say easier but simpler for me to process those things than like most people that I come into contact in my in my intimate relationships and so it's been a very interesting like continual dialogue that I think we've had for almost a year now. Absolutely. Well, and again, it's like I said, when I've, you know, when I like most of the population, at least in this country have been taught one thing and have constantly been shown one thing, which is that finding a sexual relationship is the end all be all. Yeah. It's the pinnacle. It's the pinnacle of life Mm -hmm. (laughs) in terms of like how you can then move forward and like be a happy person and turn, you know, which of course creates like really toxic codependency issues and other things like that. But like, that's what I've been taught. And so like, and, and I also am a person who has a life experience of like, I don't have a deep sexual history and like, I don't have a deep relationship history in terms of romantic and sexual partners. And so because of all of that, like any opportunity for one, it takes a lot of emotional investment for me to like have them. And so like the fact that we opened a door into something that then was taken away, it was, that's, that was, again, that was sort of a level of rejection as you and I have talked about a lot over the last year that like just took a lot for me to process. But again, it's me then having to balance the like, okay, yeah, that happened, but like you didn't really lose anything from this. Like I've actually gained a lot from our relationship and like have, and I'm so very satisfied in our relationship in many ways so again, it's just the, it's the unlearning of the thing that's like, just because there's not sex here doesn't mean it has any less value. Yeah. And I think like what most people would probably wonder, and I know a lot of people in my life have wondered is like, well, why are you here still? You know, like, why are you? Why am I here? Yeah. Like, why are you still choosing? And I mean, you, you've spoken to it a little bit, but it's like, and I think that was my big fear too, is because I know that most people like don't know how to navigate that shift or frankly don't want to and like not not that there's anything inherently wrong with that choice I think like it's hard work you know yeah and certainly can be like you know um and I think I think a lot of people 
in your shoes would not have chosen to do the same thing. In fact, I, I know that to be true because it's happened to me a lot. Well, <laughs> and I think there's been a lot of people in my life who have known me for a long time who have watched me chase people yeah, and take crumbs. Um, yeah. Have watched me, like, be strung along by people who have taken advantage of my previous people-pleasing and my my deep desire for physical affection and sexual affection in that way and and so they've you know they've seen that I will just yeah you know, they've like seen the pattern yeah they've yeah. seen those patterns and I think they were worried that I had been falling into something similar with you and you know me trying to explain to them like Amanda loves me so very much and like I feel that on a deep level that is not a I'm being taken advantage of in some way and she's just getting something out of me, which is how it has felt with previous people who I was sort of drawn to in an emotional, in a deep emotional way and had expressed to them, Hey, like there are feelings I have for you, you know, that I feel like maybe you can't give me, but I just need you to know that they exist here. And then that was then taken advantage of, and that's not what exists between us. I don't feel taken advantage of in this relationship. I feel very held and very seen. And I think that's why I stick around. Um, is because, like, I adore what we have and I adore you as a person. And I know, as you just said, like, the people who leave because, you know, they think you're too much or they think you're this or that. And, and it's like, that's not how I feel. I feel very differently. Like, you're... I don't think you're too much. You're just the right amount for everything I could want. I love you. I love you. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Just like sitting with that for a second. It's like you say that all the time, but I don't know. I've had enough experience, as you know, (laughs) I've had enough experiences where just like my value system, my philosophies on life around even just like just simply just relationships has been such a like exciting factor for so many people at the beginning and then they get fucking scared or they don't want it and then they like not everyone has obviously moved in this way. I've had a couple of people who've like really beautifully like been like I really care about you. I think you're amazing, but like this is not something I can just like navigate for my own value system. But for the most part, like it's been like I've had literally people say, like, fuck you and your, like, polyamorous ethos or the way that you exist is, like, so fucked up and, like, how could you possibly have, like, drawn me into... As if, like, I have magical powers beyond... <laughs> which I do, you but, like, witch, I am a witch, yes. but, like, not in that kind of way. Um, well, and I think, like, those people, sadly for them, like, they don't have the capacity... Yeah, and I I know that, but, like, when you hear that enough times... Oh, it fucking sucks. It sucks. It fucking sucks. And, like, it's hard to not internalize that and then immediately have the, like, cool, like, once the... And and you know this, like, there's been many times where I'm, like, just waiting for the other shoe to drop, especially in the context of our relationship, because, frankly, as much as you are, like building this and 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 sifting through this like new kind of a dynamic for the first time in your life like yeah. I am too you know and like I've had kind of one previous partnership that uh, that sort of existed in kind of a similar space but the depth of our partnership and also like the center point of how queer our relationship is 
um, even though that person was also queer. But like just the way that we move through the world together is like it's just unparalleled to anything I've experienced or navigated before in relationship. And so, yeah, it is just like it. I'm also feel like I'm sort of like we're we're building this together and totally. And, and you know, queer platonic partners is a term that. I don't know. I don't recall ever having heard it before you if I did. Yeah, I definitely hadn't. And so when I found it and I came to you and I was like, this is what we are. Yeah. And you were like, absolutely. absolutely. And it just and I, made sense. It made so much sense. And all of a sudden yeah. we were like, QPP for life. Yeah, And it was just totally. like, yeah, this makes sense. Um, and I, I think people who are. Well, and, and, and if I could just say like. Yeah, yeah. I feel like finding that was such a relief because like, I, like, although I think there are, you know, pros and cons to labels in terms of boxes yeah. and all of that, but I find sometimes they're really helpful for me because they do give me something to point at and yeah. it does give me a sense of pride and identity and um, it's like something to claim. And so I think when I found that it was also like, I just really liked the word partnership because I was sort of like. I want to exist with Amanda in a way, again, that already feels deeper than what I feel like some of my friendships are, even my very close friendships. Yeah. And also, like, and also, we are not in a sexual romantic relationship in that more kind of, quote, traditional way. Yeah. And so I was like, because of that, though, I need to know what we are. Like, I really do need to, like, put a stamp on, like, this is what we are. Well, I think it can't just be Amanda and Kelsey. Totally. I think, well, and I think as a society, too, it's, like, how we find security in relationship is having these, like, anchor points and these shared understandings of like you said what we are but also like expectations and relationships all sorts of stuff and when you're just kind of floating through space without any of that it can be really scary absolutely yeah and so I think and but then of course finding the word partnership then it was like what does that mean Yeah. (laughs) right and then it has been exactly what you we've said now a few times which is like us getting to constantly and continually define that for ourselves um so what is that yeah, well, I also, before we get to that, like, yeah. I think... Also, and you asked a question I earlier. I did, the querying yeah. stuff, because I think that actually goes hand in hand with what partnership, at least to me, and yeah. I don't want to speak for you, but, like, I feel like the reason, and and this is ironically, I should have, like, feel like sometimes I should have known this way sooner than I ever did in terms of, like, me being queer, but it's, I feel like I've been queering my relationships since I was an adult in relationships, if that makes sense. Like... So much of how I see relationship anarchy, which is like my core values centered around how I do relationships, is how I how I tend to see a lot, and not all, but a lot of queer community operate with each other, right? And again, I don't think they're parallel. I don't think they're like exclusively like a Venn diagram that overlaps. I think there's like a middle where they do. Um, but so much of of what that means to me is because I think of my queerness and how I've always just felt really romantic in my deep relationships with everybody that I'm in relationship with. Um, and that I've wanted physical intimacy of some kind in every relationship that I have that is a deep relationship in my life. Um, and like all of my very close friends know this <laughs> and sometimes they're like Amanda's the only person that I will cuddle with on the couch that is not my part like my <laughs> partner who are you know monogamous sure the, my monogamous straight friends um or even some of my queer friends that are like that you know and so yeah I guess like what does 
you said you were like queering your relationships and it's interesting that's happening like also in tandem of us being in relationship Mm -hmm. and like what does that mean to you yeah well I should say that like I feel like the first I feel like there have been two major catalysts for that one being realizing I was non-binary so that happened a couple of years ago well I'm in currently in grad school I'm about to finish up grad school so finally ready to be done (laughs) and also there's like a massive thing coming up like this is airing what three weeks before maybe two and a half weeks before totally so yeah so so I I realized I was non-binary and that also has sort of be that then also began a long journey that is very very soon to be leading to top surgery which is very exciting um big life decision and I'm so I feel so incredibly privileged to be able to have insurance to be able to do this and um, yeah, from the date of this airing, it's like three weeks away. I'm super excited. Um, and so that happening just like led me down a like, just, oh my gosh, now I get to. And so much of that also came during the quarantine portion of the pandemic, which is like, I had to spend a lot of time with myself yeah. as we all did. And we all made lots of discoveries as I know you did too. And so like it did, it did crazy things for all of us. But um, but it was a really great sort of liberating thing for me because all of a sudden so many things that I had thought about myself or when I looked back at experiences I'd had as a younger person that I thought were only really tied to like fat shame in terms of like how I felt weird about being in women's locker rooms or things like that or that I was you know worried about homophobia or things it was actually this feeling of like I really shouldn't be in this room like this feels strange to be here and and so realizing that years and years later has you know again been very liberating, and then absolutely the second catalyst is our meeting each other and realizing that like wait I can exist in life with a person in a different context than I ever have before, and I actually get to name that for myself. And I think for me that is the big definition of queering is that like autonomy to do it and make it make a choice for myself, mm-hmm. which like you'd think wouldn't be queer. Like, you think that should just be a thing a that everyone has, yes. but actually it does feel Doesn't. very queer because, yeah. it, like, I don't think that it the agency of somebody exists in the same way all the time. Yeah. And so, like, and so I say that as in, like, even if you're not a queer person listening right now, like, if you make those kinds of choices for yourself, I feel like you're making a very radically queer, like, act, like, to do that, to, like, like actually take agency of your life and like, you know, and retain that. Um, And because I think then you're liberated by it. And so because of that, it meant like all of a sudden I was opening myself to the opportunity of like exploring relationships in new ways, which is like dipping my toe in non-monogamy and seeing what that feels like. And again, exploring this idea of what a queer platonic partnership is. It means sort of assessing the current relationships in my life, friendships, others, et cetera, and sort of saying and taking stock of them all and saying like, what am I getting out of each of them? And like recognizing that they all do not need to serve the same purpose in my life, mm. that they all can have different things yeah. um, and that that's okay. That's totally valid. And then also the new people I welcome into my life is also just wanting to be, because I, I sort of sometimes exist in a like no new friends kind of mentality for the last few years, just because I have so many people in my life already. It's kind of exhausting, but like it's only really when it's like, that right kind of new person comes in that I'm like, okay, new person. Great. You know, if it happens organically. Yeah. But now it's like, I just want to be around queer people all the fucking time. Like queer people are the best. Like we, we, we can also be the worst, but we're also the best (laughs) in the sense that like there is such an opportunity to be expansive of self and expansive of your relationships and your identity 
and to be fluid like yeah. just the opportunity for fluidity is so exciting and that like I again I can like explore and then I can come to decisions on my own so it's like I'm dipping my toe in non-monogamy even if I then down the road I'm like you know what yeah no I really still feel like monogamy is the thing for me at least I've made that decision for myself versus society's always told me that monogamy is the thing that everyone should want yeah right and I think it's also interesting that like so much of the history of non-monogamy at least like things outside of polygamy um have existed largely or and originated in queer spaces because i think the thing that and i am certainly not like the scholar on queerness um <laughs> but but i think what i've what i've witnessed in queer spaces that i've been either adjacent to um through my theater years for so long um and through like my friendships or now a part of for the last however many years since 2018 um is that like when you are a part of a marginalized community and especially one that hasn't been allowed to have legal rights in the same way that uh the folks in power who are not not marginalized are it's very you are forced which is frustrating and hard but also ends up creating these beautiful things that you just talked about like you're forced to have to like play by your own rules and find ways to feel legitimate and yourself in a world that has really made it hard to feel that way in but I think the 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 flip side of that really that deep struggle is is like queer spaces right and and then what you've talked about so beautifully around like what queering your life tends to look like right and um I don't know that every queer person in the world can identify with that decision or choice Um, no but I think that but I feel like it's I feel like choice is the thing I feel like that's really the root of what I'm trying to say is that like it's embracing that like I actually have choice that I have the power of choice in all areas of my life to decide who and what and how I spend my life and where I spend all of those things like that just feels inherently queer in a like because it's rejecting capitalism it's rejecting heteronormativity yeah it's reject you know it's like rejecting well, these structures it's rejecting the pa- patriarchy it's it's all of that and, and I, that feels yeah, really queer. and i think you and i've had this conversation a lot around how like the label of queerness like isn't just about sexual sexual orientation, orientation. for some people it might totally be, but well, yeah because i identify as queer right yeah. but for i think for a lot of folks that I've had conversation around this particular identity marker and also how I exist within it is very much that it's like how I move through the world, my value system, my political orientation. Like I am queer because everything about how I move through the world is queer. Mm-hmm. Um, and sexual identity is a piece of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is not the whole picture. Yeah. And Now you have talked though about, we've talked before about how you feel like there you know obviously that inherent queerness exists between us and also you feel the most queer around like and and we're in when we're in space together yeah and and I think that that I mean there's a lot I could unpack there and frankly like a lot that I probably haven't unpacked in yet in therapy around why that is we love therapy we love therapy but I think I think for me like there is still (laughs) you know I was married to a man and existed in a very heteronormative dynamic despite you know us making a lot of shifts in our relationship that were non-traditional um for so long and 
even in some of my relationships with people who are not straight and not men, like it still existed very much in like heteronormative rules and regulations and expectations. Um, and even like the, you know, gender norm of like, well, you present more masks. So like you're going to then have this kind of a, a narrative in the bedroom or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know? And I think I was still existing in some of that. Yeah, totally. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I think like, I also, you know, did not come out for so long for reasons that I, I don't know that I will ever fully understand, um, you know, but I think there is still so much biphobia in the queer community and in the straight community. And I have never existed like on one end of the spectrum and pretty much anywhere in my life. Like I don't know how to do that. It's just like not who I am. And also have a deep amount of trauma and my own history of like feeling and being very much like rejected and bullied and abandoned and treated like shit because of me not existing in those spaces. Um, and so it's been a real challenge to be coming out and be and being queer. And I still like don't feel I'm, I'm in a much different place than I was even a year ago about it. But honestly, so much of that is because of our relationship. Like, I feel like I still need a relationship that appears outwardly queer in order to be valid in my identity. Well, and I know that was something that we talked about, too, like in early days when even just after our dynamic had shifted, that there was this like damn you know like the hope of yeah I had finally found this very queer presenting relationship like this thing that I'd really been craving which obviously like we do have right yeah. it very much exists yeah but that there was this like damn you know like in this fear of losing yeah it. exactly yeah. the fear of losing it totally um and so and like for me like I'm a person who like I don't pass like I very I'm I very much look queer when I'm out and about yeah and I and don't. I love that <laughs> about myself and um and and so I you know if anything it's more like especially post-surgery and you know coming up like I will even more be existing as in a position where like it's very you know clear in certain spaces that you know yeah. I'm I'm a queer person yeah and so that you know that certainly has not been my experience I've never needed to crave that because it's always been who I've been I've never been hey look at that straight person You've been over like there so gay for so long I've been so gay for so long yeah <laughs> truly I mean god I knew I just so gay for so long when I was a kid I was so fucking gay I feel like I think there's a story that my my dad likes to tell of like I got like kicked in the crotch when I was a kid. He and, definitely told me. Yeah, this story. right. Didn't he tell you that story? He it was sure like I got did. kicked in the crotch when I was younger, and I said something about like, "Oh, oh my, my dick," my dick. <laughs> or something like that. Also dressing up as Peter Pan for like every. Oh, Halloween. absolutely! Yeah, when you look at, I was a little cherub BB. You were so cute. Yes, you and so you know cute. my little blonde ringlets, and um, but I was a little boy. I just looked like a little boy, yeah. and so you know, it's like I never, I just never felt like a girl. I never wanted to do girl things. None of that. So yeah, I was, I was, I've always been just super queer. Um, and, and it's interesting cause I, you know, I, I'm, I, when we talk about that kind of stuff, I very, I'm very, I mourn for you that lack of experience, that, that like desire that you have 
to present more queer and I know we've talked like oh, how can we do that what is that you know and like you shaving part of your head and like these you know it's like yeah. and it's so funny too because like sometimes you're like I'm having a a mask day or I whatever honestly, and it's so funny because like, like and I'm like what does that you mean because you look the exactly the same no yeah. totally especially because it's like right but for me no it's, it's like for you it's feeling exactly. yes. right it's like totally. okay well I feel more myself today in this particular outfit and if I were to wear a dress today I would not feel like me totally um which has been like such a weird journey for me the last few years of just being like I have no idea what my body is going to be needing to feel right Hmm. right and it's like if I don't do that then I'm off kilter all day long um yeah I don't know if anyone listening can like relate to that but that's that's something that is definitely a part of my journey. Oh, I'm sure you're the only one who has had that experience. <laughs> well, but sometimes... Okay, so this is the thing that I know is like my own shit, but like I often feel really alone in my experiences because I'm not seeing anyone else talk about them. Absolutely. And of course I know that other people are having them, but like I really just constantly am craving like another person to be like, me fucking too! So that, And I think like that validate, I don't know where ultimately ultimately that need for validation comes from in order to feel well actually I definitely do I like feel like so much of my history was like if if I cannot understand you exactly then you are not worth dealing with or Mm. having conversation with or like sifting through this with right and so I often feel like this need to be seen and that the only way to be seen is for someone to have the same experience of me which I know is absolutely not the full capacity of being seen, but it is one way that I think I crave and like a more validation, like Mm. trauma based response. (laughs) Um, Anyways, we're getting off topic around like my own shit, but yeah, I, yeah. Well, no, cause it's like, I mean, what you say about like, you know, bi erasure and all in the biphobia that exists, even within the queer community. I mean, it's stuff that you and I have like been kind of like, you know, in conversation about too, because like, I know that I like, I sometimes have to check myself and recognize that like, oh shit, you know, like I'm, I think I'm existing in a moment that like absolutely could be perceived as by erasure for Amanda. And I don't want that to be the case. And so I have to sort of like have a conversation with myself about like, why is that happening? And like, how can I do better about that moving forward? And so it's like, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying and I think your, your feelings are valid because of that so don't don't discredit them no I know that and I I mean I I, I'm really grateful for the conversations we have had in that space because I also know that like you know uh, being in partnership with someone like me presents its own challenges for you with like your relationship history at times I don't know what you mean Um, (laughs) not not just and truly because like you know, you don't trigger I me am at all. Somebody that do, that dates men and like, yeah. and that is and not, that presents very quote straight. Like, it, yeah, it can appear that way exactly, for sure. Right, totally. Which like you know, which like obviously so that's, few queer, that's a relative. So term, few queer people you know? have ever had to deal with the like straight girl trope of like being in love with your straight girlfriend. No, oh, yeah, no one nobody's has ever, ever yeah. navigated totally, that before. But like, yeah, absolutely. And so like as somebody who has right, <laughs> yeah, of yeah. which many of us have have had that experience, which is, like, I constantly fell in love with my straight friends because I grew up in Texas. I grew up in the South where, like, I didn't have a lot of access to queer people in my youth. And so because of that, I didn't have anyone 
to talk to. I had no one to put my feelings towards, no one to reciprocate any of those feelings. So it was like, if I'm a person who's a sexually, sexually, you know, ah, teenager who's like, oh, what do I do? Of course, it's going to go to my straight friends. And I have a very particular type, quirky brunette. That's it. It's me. Exactly. And so it's like meeting you. I was like, oh, my God, I finally found the quirky brunette that like is going to do it for me. Yeah. And like, you know, and so, yeah, for then that to then, again, not happen in the way that originally had hoped. Absolutely a major trigger. What a bummer. <laughs> but so, like, that's what a like celeb- a thing for you. Things not happening the way that you want them to go. That is not something you ever struggle with. <laughs> but then, then the thing that's always great to come back to is like the celebration, though, of what we have come back to, which is being able to define something for ourselves. Yeah. Which I think, like, okay, so I think a lot of people listening who either are trying to figure out what their queer relationships might look like or maybe have platonic relationships in their own life or maybe have never been a part of this before. Uh, Like, I know if I were listening to this and frankly still would like to know this from other people's experiences is, like, what has that looked like tangibly? You know, like, what (laughs) – how do we show up in partnership with each other? What does that look like beyond what some people might – perceive as or like attach a friendship to which is like as we've said not what we are so like how are we queer platonic partners like what are some examples from your standpoint from my standpoint like I think it would be helpful to share those things absolutely I mean I think one of the big things for me is how I how we are in physical space with each other um I unlike you do not necessarily have a level of physical intimacy with my close friendships that I do with you um, in the sense that, like, I don't really cuddle with people. That's yeah. just like, and you've even said, like, oh, like, why don't you call it so and so? And I'm like, that would be so weird <laughs> I if I cuddled with so and so. I'm feeling like I need some more physical love in my life. I'm like, you should ask your friend and if I'm they like, will cuddle with you. No. And I'm like, I <laughs> you do know, that with like, all ha- of my like do I have people I could ask? Sure, but it's more just like it's I don't not want a thing that. you want. Yes, yeah, it's not a thing versus I absolutely desire that from you, and it is a thing I receive, and yeah. it feels wonderful when we do that. So it's like you know, we cuddle. Do we hold hands? occasionally absolutely like have there been moments where we've kissed like on a platonic level absolutely yeah um and it's usually out of a sense of like you know this is the only way that feels appropriate to express how i'm feeling about you that in this moment you know and that just like does not exist in my quote friendships um and so that feels very particular to who we are Mm. in this relationship um so that's a big thing for me and then i think it's like it's how i think about my my life honestly moving forward yeah like I don't necessarily take into consideration my friends and certain life decisions which like maybe is something I should think about doing but like do I think about them in the sense that like oh if like I were to move or like this happened like I would be sad that we weren't it so would close. impact things sure. totally because it has I mean I moved from Texas to Chicago for grad school and it's impact impacted all of my relationships and my friendships from Texas yeah. um in good and not so good ways but um but in with you it's like oh I would actually really be losing something if I did not consider Amanda in making this decision about where I go next or what I'm doing and so like the idea where I'm currently at which is like I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life post-grad school you know have I looked into things that exist outside of Chicago yes but then I have to factor in like that would significantly impact mine and Amanda's relationship is that a thing I feel ready for right now and it's playing that balancing act of like 
how would I then show up in our relationship if I were to not live in Chicago? Like, what would that mean? Yeah. Um, and so it would change. And so that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing that I... I, I think I don't identify with the first one sure. because, like, for myself. Well, that's why I said it was for me. Yeah, for sure. Just because I'm like that with all of my people. Um, but I think, yeah, the difference that feels, like, wildly important. I think I do consider all of my people that I'm very close to, like, my inner circle people when I do make big decisions. But, like, for me, there's a level where there are certain people where it's, like, and you are one of those people where it's, like, oh, like, it's not just that I will consider you in my decision making. It's that you will be a part of my decision making. Yeah. Um, because I want to have a life that is... That involves you. In, yeah, that you are involved in yeah. and not just adjacent to. Yes. Um, and that feels like a really important and very different distinction when I think of the people in my life that... I consider partners. Hmm. Um, it's just like it's a very different conversation. Yeah, that's a big one for sure. And then I think it's like a it's a there's a commitment to time spent together. Totally. And and the quality of time spent together. Well, and the, also the type of time and like the expectation of that. Like for example, you you mentioned earlier that like you are gearing up for top surgery, and like. I am going to be a primary caregiver mm-hmm. for you in your recovery process. And that is not something that I would do for just like anybody and, and even some of my friends. Like I would definitely go and visit and like sure. be a part of the experience, bring treats, you know, that yeah, kind of, of thing. Course. Um, far send far away things, but like not like you know, do your drains and like help you shower. Yeah. Like <laughs> You know, and, and like that feels like also a very important distinction. And it's something that I've like built my calendar around yeah. so that I can make myself available for you. And on the flip side of that, for my part in that, like, I don't think I would ask that of other certain people in my life in terms of like, granted, I even had a hard time asking you yes, of that you because did. I have a hard time asking for things that I need. Hey, <clears throat> we both struggle with that. Question. But, <laughs> but, uh, cause it's the level of vulnerability that I'm just, you know, still working on. Yeah, it's hard. But, uh, um, but I think, you know, knowing that like you were so willing to, and that I was also receptive to it. Again, just like that is a thing that exists in our relationship that I just don't have in other other relationships of my life. So that just makes it feel like a partnership in that way. Yeah. Um, and that, that makes it special. Yeah. 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 Those are some, I feel like, big examples. I'm trying to think if there's like, yeah, time, com- like the commitment we have to one another. But, I mean, it's tough because it's like, I also think what partnership means two people is so is not universal right and so I think like this is what partnership looks like to our unique dynamic Mm. and based on the needs that we have as individuals within that dynamic um but like also I think of like other partnerships in my life and they look different you know because they're also based on those needs right and um I feel like I have I feel like something too that feels particularly tied to a partnership Versus like a friendship, not that you can't have some of this in a friendship. And again, maybe I should have more of this, but, um, is like the, it's the way we communicate 
the like kinds of conversations we have, which are like, again, a kind of level of intimacy and vulnerability that I just don't necessarily have with other people in my life in terms of like talking about us as a pair, mm-hmm. like as a unit yeah. versus just like, hey, I'm now going to like unload some stuff to my friend and I'm so glad that like they're able to receive that and hold space for me in that way. We like are frequently, yeah, Yeah. really, yeah, it's intentional and we're frequently talking about like how we are, you know, how we are existing together, you know, and moving through the world in tandem with each other, you know, especially as you have like other people in your life and other partners and other, you know, close inner people, you know, it's like I... I recognize that and I, you know, I want to be in conversation with like how I'm a part of that and how I'm a part of those other people too. You know, it's just like, it's all this sort of puzzle game of that. And, and that feels different than just, I'm a friend in someone's life. Yeah. I think again, we differ here. And I think this is because this is how I like, I, I don't know. A lot of people might say that I have very high expectations for the relationships in my life, but like, I don't know what you mean. LOL. Um, I just, I don't know. To me, it's like, this is how I, the level of conversation we have and like the depth of like, hey, like, let's talk about what this means for us. And like, is like something that I do in all of my relationships. Sometimes like people are like, Amanda, come on. And I'm like, (laughs) but it's just, it's, it's the way that I feel like relationships, I feel like if you don't do it, relationships die. Or they just become this surface thing because like we are constantly shifting beings and there's constantly shifting dynamics in life. And like if we don't talk (laughs) about what that means, then it's like, well, people make assumptions and it's really easy to just like lose touch. And I just like don't know how to do that with the people that I love. It's just like for better or for worse, it's this like. Well, that's your relationship anarchist, you know, values. Of which, you know, for the listeners, um, I don't identify as a relationship anarchist. I am very excited by and intrigued by all the values you've introduced me to. It's absolutely something that I'm sort of slowly trying to, like, figure out uh, how I can navigate some of those things and embrace some of those things. And it's fucking hard because, again, I've existed in, you know, 30 plus years with very one particular way of thinking. And so like the unlearning of that takes some time, but it's also like been liberating when I do find myself making strides in that way. Because again, it's going back to what I said early, it's like, it's releasing this concept that sex means the most important thing. Yeah. And our relationship continues to remind me that it doesn't have to be. Mic drop. (laughs) <laughs> just i knock the we mic will over now knock the mic over. okay um we're gonna like i want to like make sure that we get you to the show that you need to see oh yes um, so um before we get to the final question which i ask all of my 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 guests once they're first on the podcast um which feels like important to ask you i just need to say that like it has been pretty amazing that we have spent the entire hour without me saying anything about how smelly your motherfucking feet are are my feet that they smelly? are honestly like when I tell you that they are have they never really? smelled like this before. Oh, no. They are like. <laughs> oh, really? And like normally it's my feet. Like That's I so funny. Cannot I'm so tell sorry. You, I have just been sitting here like wafting in the fumes. Wafting. Oh, yeah. They do kind of smell. They're 
Right. I think it's my shoes. Well, I need anyways. to get new shoes. You've seen them. They're like on their last life. Yeah, same with mine. I'm so sorry that my feet smell so bad. I mean, honestly, I accept you Are you going to keep this are. in the episode? 100%. Great. <laughs> to the listeners, um, my feet don't always smell. It's I blame, it's more. truly Amanda's feet normally. Or just and me in general. I blame my shoes. And yeah, Amanda has the worst farts. And, really um, and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but apparently it's my feet today. I thought because of the current position I'm sitting in, you were about to make a comment on like that my vag smells really bad or something. No, I'm all here for the feet. Yeah, Anyways, we're because we're like currently sitting on the floor. Semi-straddling and so I'm like sort of my legs are sort of <laughs> straddling. <laughs> and so I really thought you were about to be like, by the way. Cause I would announce that to the world for sure. I don't put I it mean, past you. Truly, that's fair. <laughs> fair enough. I would ask consent, but yeah, whatever. But no, it's just feet my didn't feet. feel like consent. I didn't, I didn't need consent no. for the feet. <laughs> I mean, in other potential predicaments and circumstances, definitely. Totally, yeah. Feet are a thing for many people. For many people, not for me. In mostly in binary ways. Yes, totally, (laughs) yeah. There's probably like a middle ground, except for with me, when it comes to feet, because again, I don't know how to do anything uh, on... Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not not into the feet. It's not a big deal for me either way. I don't judge anyone, but also, anyways, if you like, it's just feet, not for me. Good for you. for you. I support you in your life choices. Okay, Kels, are you ready for the final question? I'm so ready. Me and my stinky feet and all. I'm so ready for it too. <laughs> okay, so the thing I always ask at the end of an episode, which I know you know, is what does it mean to you to live your fuck yes life? What does it mean to live my fuck yes life? I think it's about, I mean, a lot of the things that I've said so far in terms of like queering my life, but I think the biggest thing is like embracing the multifaceted identity that I have. Mm. I think that... For so long, I thought, you know, gay was one thing, queer was one thing, love was one thing, sex was one thing, you know, and I think it's obviously not. <laughs> and um, and so I've really been in this chapter of identity is not a monolith. It's really played a lot in the work that I've done the last couple of years, that that just that simple underlined not simple really but it should be simple um that Mm. identity is not a monolith and so because of that I yeah I think like that's that's my fuck yes life is like the embrace and the celebration and the liberation oh the liberation of identity and that with that comes actual joy and um and I've just I have felt so much joy in the last couple of years and really coming into myself and embracing the new relationships I have in my life, you being one of the most significant. Mm. And because of that, I feel like I'm actually maybe for the first time fully existing in a fuck yes life way, which feels pretty fucking great. Yeah. It's been like, such a gift to get to be a part of your journey like I know I've said this to you a million times but it feels important to say here like I'm just it's been like truly a gift and like to 
to witness you step into identities that like I do not hold um and getting to like hold your hand through that process and also like champion you through that process is like something I really don't take for granted and that I feel like really privileged to get to do um and I just love you so much I love you too thanks for having me on the pod thanks for coming (laughs) can't hug me now we hug we hugs we hug we hug the sassy pigeon for life And there you have it. Thank you, Kals, so much for coming on the pod and sharing space with me in this way. It meant the world. Um, and thank you to all of you listening. Um, for everything we talked about in today's episode, you can go, as always, to the show notes. Um, just scroll down um, if you're in Spotify, iTunes, or whatever app you love. Um, or you can go to amandacatherineloy.com slash podcast slash 156. That's also where you can check out all of the merch stuff um, for fucking queer merch. Uh, use the code QUEERDO, Q-U-E-E-R-D-O, for 15% off. And as a reminder, all proceeds are going to the Brave Space alliance gosh this episode ah, like it was it will sit with my my heartstrings for a while and um i hope that it does for you if you have someone in your life that um is maybe a queer platonic partner share this with them and um and let it be a space for conversation or just a reminder to them how much they mean to you um and if you have a platonic partner in your life or someone who is a platonic love in your life share this as a reminder to them about what um you know your relationship is to you and how it is just as meaningful if not more meaningful um often than your you know sexual or romantic relationships or whatever it is um and um yeah, share it with your grandma, you know, <laughs> share it with your parents, uh, who the fuck knows, but just, um, yeah, and if, if this me- meant something to you, as always, let us know, shoot us a DM, um, or come on over to at my fuck yes life, or at live your fuck yes life, which is the podcast Instagram, um, um, for the, the podcast post of the week, um, or the one on my personal Instagram at my fuck yes life that I will be inevitably talking about, um, where, um, yeah. And just let us know what, what this episode either meant to you, something that you're still curious about, a question, um, that we can answer for you guys, um, or share your story. Um, because we love hearing that and I love connecting with you all. Um, so yeah. And as always, if this, episode or the show has meant something to you has impacted your life in any way and um you feel called to do something about that um you can always leave a rating and review it takes two seconds and it really does mean the absolute world um and it gets the podcast in front of more eyeballs um which helps me keep doing this this work full free for all of you guys um and um if you really want to contribute um in a in a beyond that way and you're like gosh this is really meant something to me you can always sign up um for the patreon um that's also um in the show notes for y'all um and uh and give a little bit um in a consistent way or you can just go to the link in my bio and um, buy me a coffee through the buy me a coffee app um as a thank you for this episode or for other episodes or whatever it is um 
you mean the world to me. I hope that this really put a stamp on your heart or awakened something inside of you that you hadn't thought about before um, <laughs> or just made your queer heart really fucking happy because it did mine. And I hope it does yours too because you deserve to have that joy and have that liberation and have all of the, the mess turn into magic. So that's all for this week. And until next time, I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.